Today on the pod, we review The Highwayman, the latest film from Netflix, but also Jamie's man crush, Kevin Cosner. Speaking of which, Jamie plays a game specifically about Kevin Cosner. Being the biggest Kevin Cosner fan in the world, you can imagine how well he's going to do. And finally, I sit there and review Dumbo. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Film With Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture, episode 65. My name is Adam Flint. Joining me on the pod today, it is my guy, it's my science man, it is my Brian Blessed impersonator, it is my it is my Robin to my Batman. Actually, he's more like my Alfred. Anyway, how are you doing, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> Alfred? Yeah, but you get like all the technical. In fact, Alfred has become pretty damn cool over the last few years. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'd still, I'd rather be. Uh, who's Tomb Raider's um, butler? Oh, it's the guy from Red Dwarf, wasn't it? Yeah, Chris Grimmer. Barry. It was Chris Barry. In, uh, yeah. Or do you mean the, the old one you locked up in the fridge <laughs> in, in the, the game? One. Yeah. But yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm excited about tonight's pod because I get to talk about the man himself. Oh, I have promised Jamie that if Kevin Cosner actually does a film, he can review it. Oh, yes. So uh, this is the the return of the prodigal <laughs> Kevin Cosner son. Um, anyway, thank you for people that have been listening to the podcast recently. We've done our Us Spoiler special. It dropped last week. Uh, thank you so much for the people that have downloaded. Yeah. I've had a couple of people notice that there is kind of a crackling noise in the background. Apologies about that. We were cooking bacon. <laughs> Jamie was there with popcorn. Yeah, okay. the just time. in my apron, cooking the bacon. But oh. just in, oh, what, what? You're such a poet there. I'm just in my apron, cooking my bacon. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realise what I'd done. I like it. So, um, so yeah, Chance, listen, how good uh, Jamie's voice, as in not you, John's Jamie. No, how? my voice is pretty good. Your but, voice- uh, yeah, Jamie, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love the, the, the bits that she does. She's got very... It's, America, it's the American accent, isn't it? It's just the American accent. So much more classier yeah, than our accent. It just accent. sounds so much nicer, doesn't it? Just like so at um, at my company that I work at, they uh, they uh, they do a podcast, a very very successful podcast, and everyone knows that I do a podcast at work, and we talk yeah. and we share advice and all that sort of stuff. And every now and again, the question goes, Adam, why have they never asked you to be on on that? very successful podcast and I just say the world is not ready for the Essex accent <laughs> <laughs> on the international market yeah. but anyway let's see what is uh, on the international market thanks for the segue there buddy no uh, our first review this week is Dumbo it came out last week uh, just on Mother's Day I went to go see it here is the review enjoy you have magic wow. come with me Together, we can soar on an elephant's wings. Dumbo, it is a live-action remake from Disney of their classic 1941 movie of the same name. The biggest difference is being a live-action cast, double runtime, and directed by Tim Burton. This is not the first time Tim Burton and Disney have done the tango together. They have done many a films, actually. You think of Nightmare Before Christmas, the Alice in Wonderland movies, to name but a few. In fact, Tim Burton has a relationship with Disney even before that. He started out as one of the original animators or on their animation programs, but it didn't quite work out so he went and done his own thing and lo and behold the prodigal son returned uh, 
Other famous Illuminae include John Larister at Pixar, to name just some of the people that went and made some pretty awesome stuff. Okay, so what is this film about? The storyline starts off with a circus, a struggling circus, owned by a gentleman called Max, who's played by none other than Danny DeVito. In fact, I think this is the third time Danny DeVito has worked with Tim Burton in a variety of different roles. And basically, the circus is run down, it's falling apart. He is literally enlisting help just to keep the show on the road. In fact, he enlists a former star and two of his children help care for the animals. But one new addition has caused quite a stir, Dumbo, a baby elephant with absolutely giant ears and giant eyes as well. Uh, really, really cute. The animation, obviously, is absolutely fantastic. It's got Disney money behind it. It's the teams that have bought people, things like The Lion King to Life, The Jungle Book, and it's just going on and on and on with this amazing use of computer imagery. And um, Basically, they discover that these giant ears enable Dumbo to be able to fly when he flaps them, and he becomes an attraction at the circus. Uh, such a main attraction that actually it reinvigorates the circus. It, it brings them a new income, they're able to get back on their feet, and everyone's a bit happier all around. But all of a sudden, this has brought the attention of none other than V.A. van der Rie, a entrepreneur who wants to showcase Dumbo in his largest ever larger-than-life entertainment venture. Uh, Suffice to say that he's not a particularly nice man. They do play a lot on the whole, like, is there an origin story here to why these people feel this way? Because if you forget the original movie, the original movie is really short, and if you've just done a live-action remake of that, it would mean quite a short time in the cinema. So Disney allowed Tim to add extra lore to this, really flesh out some new characters, as well as add some more substance to this. We've got other characters uh, like Holt Ferrier, played by Colin Farrell. We've also got, obviously, Michael Keaton playing uh, VA in this, but we've got Evergreen. There's quite a, a long list here of some really, really interesting actors, really diverse cast as well in this. They also acknowledge that the original storyline has some let's just say has not aged well and they have repurposed some of those story beats for a modern audience and and uh, some reviews you might read about might say they go a bit too pc on that i personally don't think that i think it's good to um to align the align the narrative to a 2019 audience right it's supposed to be for for new people as well it's not saying the previous film was bad it's just saying this is how we're interpreting this story um, it does go on a little bit too much, if I'm being honest. I don't want to go into too much spoiler territory in terms of the um, the rest of the story narrative. You can kind of get what happens in this. Um, the Pink Elephants, if you remember that from the original, do make a return. And yes, it is fucked up as ever. And yes, even if um, if you remember Tim Burton's Willy Wonka, the guy he got to play every Oompa Loompa, does a cheeky cameo in this as well, which is absolutely fantastic and uh, puts a little smile to your face. Um, a lot of people are slamming this across Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, giving giving it a kind of mid to, to low scores on that. I think that's a bit harsh. I do think that kids might not get as much out of this as Tim Burton thinks they would. Um, it does get a little bit dark, believe it or not. Um, I do. I did enjoy this, though. Uh, I do think this is worth going to the cinema for. The spectacle of Dumbo is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the animation, as mentioned before, is great. Uh, the performances, it's great to see Danny DeVito in, in these sort of movies. I, I love to see him uh, appearing in some more stuff again, and hopefully he gets a bit more of a renaissance from that part. Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton is probably MVP for this. Like He goes through such a range of character emotions in this film. I, I can't really say much more than that. Um, this isn't going to reinvent the wheel. This isn't going to be the film of the summer. Um, but it's a great palette cleanser before we get more Disney live action adaptations coming onto the big screen. Next one lining up, obviously, being The Lion King for that. So this gets you in the mood for that. It's getting you in the mood ready for summer. So I'm going three out of five. Three out of five for Dumbo. Three out of five. 
news. Let's talk about the big trailer that dropped mm. this week. It's yeah. apps. I mean, first of all, I as people on Talk Films will know, I, sometimes I will give an opinion of a film and sometimes yep. my opinion might change of that film. Yep. Um, sometimes it will go to the positive, sometimes mm. it will go towards the negative. Now, when I first heard that Todd Phillips is making a Joker movie, I was like, why? We've had enough Joker. The Batman rogues gallery is absolutely mm. amazing. Seriously, there are so many good characters. Why have we got to keep banging the same drum? Mm. And then I heard Whacking Phoenix, the crazy SOB, has been signed to the role. And I was like, okay, but still, why I'm not that bothered? Mm. And uh, then all of a sudden they drop the trailer. And yeah. man, I am so pumped about this film. I can't wait. It looks fucked up. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. Only way to describe it. So obviously you've probably heard a bunch of other film podcasts talking about this and rightfully so. It is definitely worthy of everyone's attention right now. Mm. Um, but one of the things that I've got to say about this trailer, if you haven't seen it, you know, pause right now. Go on YouTube, listen to it right now. But essentially, the storyline is, I, if you are into your Batman comics, it feels like it's very much inspired by elements of a killing joke mm. about the idea of a, a comedian yeah. who's down on his luck, maybe the butt of all jokes of society, uh, and for whatever reason, ends up in a bad situation and becomes the Joker through through nature nurture, I suppose. I, I kind of felt that the, 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 the trailer was trying to make me empathise with the Joker. I felt, yeah. I felt sorry for him. I felt like, you know, when he was starting to rise up, I was like, yeah, you kill them all. They deserve it. Yeah, they've been keeping you down. They've beaten you up on the train. Yeah. And I, you felt like you were cheering for him. Like, yeah, well, what's that about? So, a couple of things. There's definitely a vibe of Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro's Taxi yeah. Driver in there. There's elements of... Uh, of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest yeah. as well. And there, there is actually a bit of trolling in this. And, and a bit of trolling, I think, anyway. The character's called Arthur Fleck. A. Dot Fleck. Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, oh, okay. anyone who's okay. a bit more of a Batman aficionado than I, maybe I'll ask Bill next time yeah. I'm, I'm chatting to him. Was uh, Arthur Fleck ever actually a Joker alias at any point? It may be, who knows? Yeah. Um, well, people do know, so I'm sure they'll, they'll let me know on Twitter. Yeah. This trailer... Like you say, I felt like it was a, a character piece. I felt like we know that the joke. I don't. Uh, my first critique when I ever heard this was, "Oh, it's going to be a Joker origin story." And I was like, "The Joker should never have an origin story. He is a he is a storm. You don't hear. You don't know how the storm was formed. It's just yeah. there, and it is chaos. An agent of chaos. He even uses those words in the Nolan verse." Um, but that being said, I there's something about this film I generally love. What I would have really have loved though is if we didn't know if this was a Joker prequel movie. Right. If we just knew it was a psychotic thriller. And then the big twist in the film is was, yeah, he's becoming a fucking Joker, yeah, and I this is that. actually in Gotham. That I would think, have been cool. I mean, it, it's it looks like an amazing thriller anyway, doesn't it? And I think, I think the the thing this film will have is it won't just attract the the super comic hero franchise people that like. You can call us nerds, Jamie. It's nerds, all right. Nerds. It's all right. We're, it won't we're, just attract the nerds. It's a good time to be a nerd. We can yeah. be good looking and go see films <laughs> yeah. and enjoy comics. And, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. We have money and we spend it on comics, and that's okay into twenty first century. It's all right. Let's <laughs> yeah. Do it. Um, I think it's going to attract all sorts of people to go see this sort of film because it looks like a good psychological thriller that people are going to engage with, and I think you won't. You know, people won't necessarily associate it with Batman, uh, and I think. You know, not that it, it would do any harm to be associated with Batman, but I'm saying it would attract a wider audience than just yeah. those who are interested in I Batman films. I think this is going to be the film that the the comic book movie snobs would be like, I'll go see that. Yeah. And I mean that with no disrespect to people that don't mm. like superhero movies. It's yeah. just that that's kind of the connotation you get yeah. from that. And yeah, long may it continue. I've, fair play. You know what? Todd Phillips, 
well done, mate, because I generally said wrong director, wrong yeah. film, wrong everything. And just from this one trailer alone, I am so pumped. This, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. This is up there once upon a time in Hollywood for Ooh. like big films that I think now yeah. all of a sudden for this. Anyway, while we keep talking about superhero movies, uh, Avengers, their final trailer slash TV spot got released earlier on in the week and that was to celebrate uh, the tickets for cinema to go on sale. And what I find absolutely fascinating about this is that if you take the uh, the pre-sale of tickets in the top five, yeah. um, Endgame, obviously, become number one. and But that... That table, that that trophy, is defined by the number of pre-sales done in the first 24 hours. Now, right. Endgame eclipsed all of them together in the first six hours of release. This wow. is, in my opinion, I am going to bet it now, uh, this is going to be the first movie, in my opinion, to gross $3 billion from box office revenue. I mean, if any film's going to do it at the moment, it will be that film. Yeah, People are looking forward to it. Well, it's the combination of 22 movies. It's yeah. the... It is the sum of all the parts. This is the final time we are going to see certain yeah. people in the MCU. We will be doing a Avengers Endgame preview yeah. uh, special uh, just before it drops. I've been speaking to some fucking cool people in the industry and I've been kind of playing a game of... It's kind of like Kill, Marry, Shag. But instead <laughs> of it being that, it's like, who's going to die? Who's going to move into Phase 4? All that sort of stuff. And I've got some really interesting theories and I can't yeah. wait to share that with the Talk Film With Me audience. Anyway, back to the trader stuff, though. Absolutely, I, I, I loved it. Like, there's... You got all the feels from it. You got all the. You can tell that something is coming. You can tell that something's going to change. You can tell. Again, we still don't know much. Uh, they have given away quite a bit in this latest one. I don't want to go into details in case I know there are certain people that are listening to this that are cold on the subject. So I won't go into those details. But all the things we assumed were going to happen are going to happen, and you see more evidence of that. But while we're still on the the Avengers train, Jamie, you talked about this when we had Helen in the studio, and you done it in a very Mike Myers, Austin Powers way when you went. They say Captain Marvel's going to grow. One billion dollars. <laughs> that moment happened. Yeah. Uh, happened yesterday. Captain Marvel grossed over a billion dollars in box wow. office revenues. Uh, amazing. We kind of knew it was going to happen. And yeah, great what film. a great. It's a great film. What a great start yeah. to the year. Oh, you've seen it now, haven't you? Obviously, I have seen it. I've seen it since. Yeah. So after that podcast, I was like, I need to go and see that film. And I think three days. I think actually, when the pod had, pod had dropped to the to the masses, I had seen it at that point. So I'd, I'd gone off and done my homework. So I apologise for not doing it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever look at cats the same again? No. <laughs> but I, yeah, no. <laughs> so they're making the Broadway musical Cats into a film at the yeah. moment. I fucking love it if Goose is somehow involved in in that. Just threw something up at the end. It just eats James Corden. Be well, good. I'm so glad I said at the end because obviously the cats were quite prominent throughout, weren't they? Yeah. And, and I, was, I went with the missus and I said, right, we've got to stay to the end. With trains like, to stay to yeah, the end, yeah. There's always an end scene. She's like, no, there won't be. I went, have you ever watched a Marvel film? My word. Um, <laughs> And we stayed to the end, and obviously it kind of helped tie things a little bit about where this cat had come from and all that stuff. So it was a good end scene. I liked it. Awesome. Do you like Terminator movies? Uh, I couldn't that? do a segue into that, so I just thought, fuck uh, it, just go to... <laughs> should I mention something about the future? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and these new images look awesome. They do, they do. So what Jamie's alluding to is that uh, there is a new Terminator movie coming out. It's being produced by the man, Jim Cameron. Uh, as yeah. people know, I'm not his biggest fan as a person, but I'm a big fan of him as a director. Uh, he is in the producer's chair for this because he is focusing on his 20 billion Avatar sequels. But obviously he's in good company and he has yeah. got the original cast back from his Judgment Day movie. It's another T, by the way. 
Here's another tea. Yes, you are right. You are correct. The tea. A's and T's. A's and T's. A's and T's. You kept that very clean. Good yeah. Good for you. And um, we saw the first images, or not the first yeah. images, but a lot more promo images because we get. I think we're close to a trailer dropping mm-hmm. soon. It's going to be called Dark Fate. We also saw Arnie. He's back. But he looks old. Well, I know he's obviously old because he's, <laughs> he's old. That's what happens with time. Um, <laughs> You're but, a physicist. Good man. But he's a robot. I know, I know. And, and I so know. I'm wondering how they, they're obviously going to subtly, not so subtly, explain it in the film, or they're just going to totally ignore they've, it. They've, they've already done this like three times, though. They've gone, yeah. oh, well, the term, the T1000 actually has biodegradable skin, and oh, it ages yeah. like a human. So he came back 50 years ago. So he's aging. Uh, sorry, not to yeah, go off on yeah, that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I've become Basil Expedition just then. But um, yeah, they've, that's how they're going to yeah. explain it. I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of tired of seeing that trope of. Arnie's back. He's yeah. protecting someone. Well, but will he be though? Because I think Sarah Connor's going to be the kick-ass. Person I think in this. Yeah, she will be. But she's an amazing, but amazing I, Sarah Connor as well. She, yeah, she is Sarah Connor. Yeah, like, she there is, is there the is, Sarah I, yes, Connor. we have had, and don't want yeah. that TV show like The Chronicles of Sarah yeah. Connor. I, I, I quite like that. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I'd like to see a world where we get more TV shows like that. But yeah. I think, do we need more Terminator movies? It's called Dark Fate, which suggests a couple have been ropey as well. Yeah, if it's another one about. Uh, we've prevented Judgment Day or we've twisted the future and Judgment Day's kind of gone on a weird tangent the only way they can pull this off is they do like a Marty McFly style scene where they've got someone in front of a chalkboard going so you thought this was Judgment Day but then we had that shitty Genesis movie which kind of derailed it off in this direction and, and that- now we've destroyed that timeline and it no longer exists <laughs> <laughs> and we're sorry we made John Connor the bad guy yeah. anyway let's just pretend that didn't happen and move on um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of indifferent but I'll tell you something I'm not indifferent about is that one of my favourite movie franchises is the Alien movies yep. as well as the Planet of the Apes movies. I thought Andy Serkis's run as Caesar. Yeah, the, the new the new Planet of the Apes films, every single one of them has been superb in my yeah, opinion. I was gutted that and this is not if it's if this is considered a spoiler i am sorry skip ahead a minute uh, we did review this over a year ago now but with the final planets movie with circus in i wasn't ready for caesar's story to end no, no. i would have loved to have seen more caesar what happens in the rest of the world there's so much more stories to tell yeah and they did leave it open in even that first uh that first monkeys movie in that first apes movie (laughs) where they they even just had a little nod to the original planet of the apes with the missing in space newspaper headline that was dropped down there I'd love to have seen a world where we got that planet of the apes movie of Andy Serkis' Caesar being the the protagonist in that film I would absolutely have loved it but anyway my point is is that obviously the Fox Disney merger happened Mm -hmm. aliens and planets of the apes folded into Disney, which technically means the Queen from the Aliens movie is now a Disney princess. Hold on. They're not going to combine the movies, are they? No, 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 no. Because, oh my God, that would be awesome. But that, you've just made me really, really want that. Aliens versus apes. Smart apes. Smart apes. Aliens versus smart apes. apes. Make it happen. Andy Serkis could do motion capture for both. He, he would make a fucking great alien. I'm just throwing it out there. That you've just you've just blown my mind there, and somehow he's like 
like a hybrid of them all and it's basically Gollum. Oh my God, it ends up being a backdoor prequel to The Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. <laughs> and somehow every film ever made links into one. <laughs> it's basically like the Stephen King verse of, of uh, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, that is not happening. But oh. what is happening though to celebrate over is that Disney have come out and said, we see a world where we are making more Aliens movies. We see a world where we're making more Planet of the Apes movies. We are to- stories we want to tell and we want to tell them in the way that audiences want to see them. So... I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm just. How many more alien films can there be? Well, they keep doing that. They've told, done that whole prequel universe with um, with you know Mr. Ridley Scott's been at, has been going back in his toy but box. But it's, it, essentially, if we boil and I, I do like the alien films, I do like them. But essentially, let's boil them down to what they essentially are. Don't don't. I love these no, films. I know what you mean. But essentially, aliens come about. They kill a lot of humans, and the, the humans that have tried to kill it. That's the entire film every time. Pretty much, yeah. And they, they, they basically... So the concept <laughs> of the chess bus that originally came out, as they're talking about... Sorry to go off on a tangent, but yeah. hey, we're talking about films. Yeah. Um, the concept of, the, of how the chess buster came about was because they wanted to find a way of how to smuggle the alien back onto the ship. Right? <laughs> smuggle. <laughs> smuggle. And um, someone... While they were spitballing ideas, someone yeah. said, once someone fucks the alien... I'm not even joking. Once someone has sex with the alien and implants an embryo and gives in there, and they're like, "Okay, how can we make that gross? And how can we, instead of it being sex, like just impregnate mm. sort of way?" And then they come to the concept of face hugger and everything else. So I, when do they have sex with the alien? No one has sex with the alien, but the, the conversation well, started. Why haven't they had sex with the alien? Well, because people probably thought it would be a bit of a shit film, or a bit weird. <laughs> or it becomes like one of those seventy. Hey, there was that film about that woman having sex with that fish man. I'm just putting it out there. Well, it won an Oscar. Actually. It won an Oscar. I imagine that producer <laughs> sitting there now, just going back in the eighties or seventies, I should yeah. say, when I pitched the idea of they just have sex with each other. Look, that fish man is fucking yeah. that woman. I got an Oscar for that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I generally like. I agree. The prequel is a prequel trilogy now. Is is it has it, it's got some work needing to it. But there are some elements of genius. Michael oh, yeah. Fassbender, as I think David yeah. was named the robot. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I'd I'd love. I can sit. I can watch those films all day. Mm. Really enjoy them. So Disney are saying mm. they're carrying on that, and brilliant. I think that holds hope that when we're gonna allow those films to stay as they're meant to be, R-rated yeah. or at least not Disney children movies, no, right? No. If Disney can make money, they will. <laughs> well yeah we'll leave it at that so um, what do you think about the latest uh, new endeavours what would you like to see would you like to see a crossover between aliens into other worlds get in contact with us on twitter at talkfilm with me streaming gems how many bullets you got in you 16 I think might be good to have a doctor look at you sometime might be good to have a doctor look at you sometime I ain't got no bullets in me because I was covering it. It's fair to say that Netflix have been really kicking up their game of their original content and in terms of films mm. we've got films like The Irishman coming out obviously Roma done so well at the Oscars and now getting notable talent and notable people both in front and behind the camera on this one. This movie is called The Highwayman it came out about a week and a half ago. Jamie literally cried with joy when he heard Kevin Cosner is going to be in a Netflix original movie and he was going to be the lead in this Netflix original movie with an absolute stellar cast. We've got names like Woody Harrison Harry, uh, Kathy Bates as well as William Sadler it goes on and on and on Jamie what is this film about? It's about Kevin Costner mate so there you have it it's about <laughs> Kevin Costner <laughs> right no, it, I mean it, it for me it's a it's an epic tale about Bonnie and Clyde um, and two men who used to be Texas Rangers sent in to 
finally stop these two criminals that are on a killing spree and a, crim- a crime spree for over a year, I think it was as mm. well. And they were becoming so notorious and so loved by the people that people were supporting them and helping them, and they were getting away with stuff because they became like celebrities. Mm. So it made the authorities' job even harder to try and catch them. I think it's worth pointing out, actually, is that the character that Kevin Costner plays, uh, Frank Hamer, Mm. um, Mm. he's actually a combination of two different characters in real life. Now, during the original events, uh, these characters were made out to be buffoons, essentially. And even in the film adaptation of Body and Clyde later on, this guy was made out to be an absolute chump Mm. to the point where his family sued the studio saying you have made a mockery of my family's name and Kevin Cosner took that to heart when he was taking yeah. this new character on so right I'm going to tell it how it's meant to be and this my version of the character mm. is not a buffoon at all I think I think there's a slight homage to it and I almost like a almost like a critique to that sort of idea as well because there's bits where they invest the police are investigating crime scenes and Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson sort of stroll in. They start picking up bits of evidence, looking at it, da, da, da. and you know, and they're totally disrupting the crime scene. But actually, what they're doing in that process is they're going, "Did you notice this? Did you notice this? Oh, look over here, look at that." And so, actually, the the you can see that there's like a transition with the police who think they are buffooned because they're going against standard police practice. But actually what they're doing is they're thinking outside the box and they're not people who are confined to the to the little book that tells them how to investigate a crime. They are Texas Rangers and they know how to find criminals. Um, and you can see the genius behind them and, and, and the thinking. And it's actually, you know, they, they, they started following the pattern and realised that Bonnie and Clyde were following a crime spree pattern where basically they're going around in a bit of a figure of eight almost. Right, um, okay. But What's... it's a powerful, powerful play by... Awesome. What about Woody Harrelson? Who's his character? What's he doing this? So he's a bit of a, a, a washout um, as well because basically they're both both of them have uh, been resigned as Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers program has been folded by the governor of their of their of, of Texas. Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you've got two contrasts. So you've got Kevin Costner's character who's quite successful, has a house, beautiful wife. Um, she's very successful as well. Very very powerful character. Um, and you know, he's got a car. You know, they're living a good life. He doesn't mm. need to go back to work. And then you've got Woody Harrelson's character. His house is being repossessed by the by the bank. He's got a daughter. He's trying to support her. hasn't got a lot of income. He needs a break. Uh, and Kevin Costner originally goes to him, thinks he's not up to it, and pulls away and, and decides to do the job himself. And I think he does the job because he wants some excitement in his life mm. and eventually Woody Harrison doesn't take no for an answer and gets involved and, and they start working together but the partnership the on-screen partnership between these two two let's be honest two titans of the screen as well Woody Harrison is an incredible actor oh my god you think about like was he in, he started out in Cheers didn't he yeah, something like that yeah. right? and now like when you hear the name Woody Harrison's attached to a film you want to you, see it. You want to see it. And yeah. even if you don't want to see it you're intrigued. Yeah. And he, he's literally the sort of person that could be like in Zombieland yeah and then go, then yeah, and being, and, and or, but then being something like True Detective, yeah. or he could be in some Oscar-winning, it, amazing role. And his range is yeah. incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. And, and then don't get me wrong, Kevin's range is not as as broad, but <laughs> but he, in defence of Kevin Cosner, and, and, and I do feel like Kevin gets a bad bad rap because he is, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's more of a numbers man. <laughs> you know, he'll get in as many films as he can, but. He, he is, again, a powerful actor who can play this role really well. It's kind of like um, the, the role he plays in The Invincibles a little bit. 
uh, not the Invincibles. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, the Invincibles. Yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. Um, so, Untouchables. Yeah, Untouchables. So, thank you. I don't know why I came up with the Invincibles. So you know that sort of gangstery sort of fifty yeah. sort of character, and he and he plays it really well. Him, Woody Harrison. You know, both a little bit out of shape as well. You know, a bit of pot belly. You know, they've been behind a desk for too long or been retired for too long. Victory is defeated. But, yeah, yeah. And whilst their bodies get old, their minds are still really sharp, and they use their minds and their wit to try and hand down for so, Bonnie and Clyde. This is uh, the person who's directed this is a gentleman called John Lee Hancock, and he's. He's his back catalogue's impressive. He's done films like Save Mr. Banks, The Founder, mm-hmm. uh, The Alamo, stuff like that. Not really much action in here. Is this film got action in it? Is it an action-y sort of film? Uh, oh, you can't say Bonnie and Clyde without some form of action, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's difficult. I mean, there is a car chase scene, which has uh, got a bit of action to it. And, and obviously there's the final scene, which has quite a bit of action yeah. to it. Spoiler alert, uh, doesn't end well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't make it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't personally describe it as an action film. I'd describe it as a drama. Right, uh, okay. Pe- oh, and, and a period drama without making it sound like Downton Abbey. Yeah, okay. it's not, oh, I love you on a summer's day. Yeah. It's more just, it's a... Uh, yeah. Of, of that time yeah it's like, yeah. It's, like it feel, it's got that gritty feel of like you know an old school detective story a little bit where you know it's a bit film noir then it, it, it's not it's not filmed in that way but it does have that feel yeah. you know it's not obviously the cinema cinemography is, is, is very good I think I think yeah. the, the transition between scenes and everything like that is it's very clear clean and cut but I, I, I really enjoyed the film it's 2 hours 12 minutes long right which is which is long for a film you watch at home if you, if you ask me, and a film that's not an action, yeah. You know, when it's fair. an action film, I'll be honest. We like our action films. It's non-stop. You know, this isn't. This is a bit of a, a building film, and I felt the two hours flew by. Right. Okay. So Netflix originals tend to be either absolutely incredible or mute. And where does this sit on the scale? What score would you give it out of five? It, this is difficult because I've tried to take out the personal feelings. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Full disclosure, I love Kevin Cosner. And, uh, and I realised the six wasn't possible. Um, <laughs> but I, know, I have to be honest, it was an enjoyable film. I think it's a film that a lot of people will like. Again, a broad spectrum of a film here that is going to attract all sorts of people who just want to watch a really good film on a Saturday evening at home, get involved. I'd say four and a half. Four and a half. Well, that's quite impressive. Do you think we'll see old, uh, old Blue Eyes back? He's even got blue eyes. I oh, know it's just a nickname. I'm there you go. There you go. If anyone calls him old blue eyes, they've got it from here. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, if, if Kevin's got involved now with Netflix and this proves to be a hit, I have no doubt they're getting back. He's got his own you know, producing company yeah, as well. He's, he's a director. Not, he's a very yeah, good director. Yeah, he's not afraid to put his money in as well. Yeah. As we all know, I think he'll definitely be back. Well, there you go. Four out of four and a half out of five. Uh, the Highwayman available on Netflix now. Come to the wrong place, Mister. Around here. Clyde is king. But he didn't see me. Clyde might be king, but I'm a Texas Ranger, you little shit. No, he didn't see me. Jamie, 
it has been a minute since we've uh, had you on the pod because mm-hmm. uh, you're a busy man and we've you know we've had a load of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. We're going to play a game, classic yep. one, connect the dots. For those of you who haven't heard this one before, the concept is I've got a list of films from IMDb ranging from their entire cast from top to bottom. I'm starting at position number 10 in that list and I'll rattle off the names going up to space number one. My guest has to guess which uh, the film is by the time I get to the first place. For example, if they guess the eighth name in that film, they get eight points. If they get to one, one you get it from there uh, we've got like a little league table thing I'm, I'm pretty terrible at this game I've, I've, uh, people tend to be quite bad at this one I'm, yeah. I kind of feel that once you get to like three mm-hmm. or four then it gets a little bit easier but from ten because like most casts tend to be obviously there's hundreds of people involved but obviously the main named cast always tends to be like the ten top sort of six yeah or sometimes even some films you can have like a top three and then everyone else is like Everybody, yeah sometimes don't even have names yeah. it's just boy yeah boy one gib <laughs> delivery man <laughs> anyway okay so and there will be a theme across all three of these films and I'm pretty sure Jamie will guess that straight away so are you ready yeah, yeah. are you ready to connect all these dots yeah. okay so Willie Trevovich <laughs> um, Anthony DeMasters oh no Luke Killar Jr oh is this Prince of Thieves nope oh. uh, Zooks McCo uh, Leonardo Klimbo Blood Diamond. <laughs> you just thought that sounds South African. <laughs> Zito Kazan. Are these names? They are. <sighs> R.D. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Rick Alves. Don't us. No. No, no, no. Uh, Change a fairy. Change a fairy? Yeah, you... that's the name of this person's name. Uh, District 9. No. And finally, Kevin Cosner. Uh, you are actually going to smack yourself so hard for not getting this. It's not Waterworld. It's Waterworld. Is it Waterworld? <laughs> there is a lot of jobbers in Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you missed out. Drifter, you know, and everyone in that. So anyway, yes, Waterworld, one point. Oh, no. Okay, the next one. Patricia Clarkson. Postman. Billy Drago. Uh, oh. Brad Sullivan. I'm not going to go, Brad Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Paul, Jack, uh, Paul Durham no, no. Jack Cano Richard Bo- Bradford Bodyguard Robert De Niro what? Andy Garcia Charles Martin Smith Sean Connery Kevin Cosner what film was he with Sean Connery uh there's some good names in that. It's an amazing cast. Uh, oh, is it? Is it that spy? Uh, that, uh, is that film where they steal stuff? <laughs> is that uh, film where they steal stuff? <laughs> oh no, I'm terrible. Uh, oh, it's yeah. the Untouchables. Oh, it's we the literally were talking world. about that a moment ago as well. Okay, so you're currently uh, you you yeah, yeah doing pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> final one, final one. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> James Andelin. Dwyer Brown. The Postman. Frank Whaley. Bodyguard. I'll just go very quickly. Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. James Earl Jones. Timothy Busfield. James Earl Jones, yeah. Ray Liotta. It's a great cast. Bodyguard. Gabby. It's not the bodyguard. <laughs> Gabby Hoffman. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Amy uh, Mac- Prince of Thieves. No. Kevin Costner. The dreams, man. Oh, Phil. Is James L. Jones in Phil the Dreams? He is in Phil the Dreams. I had a brain fart. I don't know the link is, though. Go on then, Jamie. What is it? I'll times your score by 10 if you guess the link. <laughs> they all have a main male actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just summarised that most of film, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so I will I will take your score, times it by 10, and you have a score of zero. Um, but I'll I got get... the first one. I've got a score of 10 then. I gave that to you. No, you said Kevin Costner. All right, you, get, you got ten. You got ten. Uh, okay, I will no, give you, you, did get, you did give that to me. I actually. will give you. I'll give the opportunity to have ten points. To be fair, none of the act- other actors or actresses matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the opportunity to gain yourself ten points, but I'll give you a hundred points if you can get this. Okay, how many films has Kevin Costner been in that have been completed? 43. No, 63. 63. 63 films. Not quite as close as uh, as old Nicolas Cage, the crazy son of a bitch, but that is still damn impressive. 63 films. That is quite impressive. That is. That is. So. It's only 20 off. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Jamie, you've connected one dot. It's not, not really connecting anything if you connect one dot, are you? <laughs> Basically... You've got to a dot-to-dot drawing game up and point, point one. <laughs> you're a failure at life. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're not a failure at life and you'd like to suggest films or, or themes to play on this game, get involved on Twitter at TalkFilms. You I'm don't worry, Jamie. It's this. Until next time. Fuck this. I've got Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it means that you get more content from Talk Film With Me. Also, if you visit talkfilmwithme.com, you can sign up to our newsletter, find out about things that are going on in the world of film, but also we'll let you know when the website's live for the community to start chatting and talking filmy, not just on this podcast. Jamie, my boy, thank you so much. How can people find you? Follow me uh, by coming to my house. No, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> at, at, talk, uh, at, no, at, at, at Mr. Haddon in space. It's been a minute since you've been on, don't worry. You've got to be uh, a pod rust. Okay, pod rust. Bit of, whoa, whoa, whoa. Better see a doctor better about see that. Better yeah. Haddon in space. <laughs> did you actually say your Twitter hand? I did, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. so next week we'll be back with some reviews. We'll be back with a game. We'll be back with a couple of things. We've been some interesting chats with some interesting people, but I have to announce it on Twitter uh, just because I'm waiting to know if it's actually going to happen this week or next. But anyway, Steve, uh, stay filmy till next time. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.